What is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we have a remote guest that Tony's going to introduce. This is Tori Armstrong. She lives over in Elkhart, Indiana, so not too far away. Uh, we just met her last weekend. Has it been? It hasn't even been that long ago. Uh, at the PSI Basic Seminar, where we did some life-changing awareness work. And uh, she has a thriving new skin business, uh, as well as uh, I, when I was looking, doing some research, I saw that you own Toothpaste Strong, which is fun with your married name. You know, you've got that going on. <laughs> and uh, uh, she studied dental hygiene uh, in Bloomington. And uh, I believe she was a dental hygienist for a little while. And then transitioned into entre the entrepreneurship space with uh, multi-level marketing. And uh, I understand that she has a very successful business. This is Tori Armstrong. Thanks for coming on. Hello. <laughs> what up? I did not know that you were so close, actually. I thought you were like really far away for some reason. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it worked out with the basic being in Fort Wayne. It was like a perfect opportunity to head over there to take that course. That's awesome. How long have you known about uh, PSI? Um, I actually know through it through the instructor Cortland. So I had worked with Cortland uh, in our business some, and I knew a few of my mentors who have went through the entire program. And everybody would say, you just have to take it, but nobody would give details. So I was like, all right, I have to take it. And so success leaves clues. And all of my mentors who have had a ton of success have taken it. So that was really my go to like, let's do it. That's awesome. Yeah, so for our listeners, uh, PSI, I'm sure you guys have heard about it if you've listened to any of our podcasts or previous podcasts, but it is a Personal Success Institute is what PSI stands for. It is a um, basically a self-development uh, um, seminar that you go to for three days that we brought to Fort Wayne. This is our second time, and if you guys are interested, we're going to plan on bringing it back. Basically, what it's going to do is just help you to realize more about yourself and basically show yourself a mirror about what you uh, would normally do in certain situations or in your everyday life. And uh, awareness before change is something that a friend of ours always says. So you have to be aware of it before you can ever change anything. So if you want to change anything about yourself, or even if you don't want to, maybe you know you should, just uh, let us know and we're probably going to have another one soon. So yeah, that is where we met uh, Toria and... Um, I think it's where you meet a lot of uh, really cool people, honestly, just because those are people that are interested in uh, just like building up themselves or becoming a better version of themselves. So it's pretty cool just to meet everybody there because everybody's just trying to go to that next level. So, so Tori, uh, tell us a little bit about your story and you can go back as far as you want. Something we always say on our podcast is that everyone is just a kid from somewhere. And so regardless of if you grew up poor or you grew up rich. We had the Boakley brothers on and they explained how their dads had extraordinary expectations for them because they came from nothing, became millionaires. These kids already had rich parents and people don't understand the struggles of being rich just as much as they don't understand. They, they may relate to the struggles of being poor. So how did you grow up and uh, what does your life look like? Yeah. 
So uh, growing up, I grew up in a really, really tiny town, a very tiny school. I think seventh or 12th, we had like 300 kids. So it was a tiny, tiny town. Um, I grew up in a broken family, broken home. Um, I had, we had our struggles, but I'm so thankful for it because I... Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We give you marketing strategies like how to pull lists, who we target, and where we find the money. We go over sales, which includes live calls and negotiations, scripts, role playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's anything that we missed, we will create a video to answer your specific question. This knowledge has made us over a million dollars and we're selling it today for just $997. Click the link below. I say I, a lot of my success today came from the determination and what I learned from as a child. So I got to witness my mom be that person who had to take care of my brother and I. Uh, we didn't have that father figure. Um, I also got to witness my dad go through a lot in life with addiction and overcome that. And so that's really made me the person I am because I know that anything's possible. My mom was so strong. She made everything happen. Uh, so I've never had that belief that I can't do it. And so I think my mindset of I can create anything that I want to create because I know how powerful she was growing up. And then even seeing my dad battle with his addictions to see him overcome it and become a different person. It made me realize that we get to choose who we want to be and uh, to follow through with that. So as a child, um, we grow up, we grew up with not a lot of money. Uh, I always wanted it to be different, but we always you know, had what we needed to, to get by. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to do to break the cycle was to go to college because um, yes, my mom had went to college, but she had not finished college. She actually went back to college when I did and we got to graduate together. Um, so as far as, you know, making sure that I can make history within my family and go to college and finish it. And then my brother did the same. And so I went to uh, school for dental hygiene, thought that was my true passion. I loved everything teeth um, and I loved dental. I actually was a hygienist for 17 years and it was perfect because I got to care for my patients. Uh, the hours were perfect. I was off on weekends, but I was also a really busy sports mom. So I have two teenagers baseball, gymnastics. We were traveling weekends, different states, and I wanted to make extra money. I was getting by, but I wasn't getting ahead. And even though I was successful in dental hygiene, I knew I had hit the max out, max of my pay. So at the time I was 36 years old, I was told, you are an amazing employee. You are doing great, but you've hit the max. Like, and in my head, I was thinking, wow, I have another 20 years to work at this pay. I'm getting by, but I'm not getting ahead. If I want to go on vacations, I have to save for it. What am I going to do when my kids need a car? What am I going to do when my kids need to go to college? And so it really got me thinking that I was missing something and I needed more. Um, so actually, when this opportunity came, I was at work and I had prayed for something and just thought, I know there's something out there I can do. There's something that I would be really good at. And I also knew that I didn't have a lot of extra time. I couldn't go to a, a place to be there all day, every day, because I was already spending time in dental hygiene. So that was kind of prior to the business. Okay. So then uh, you got a, a side hustle, basically, because you had your primary income coming in from one spot. And I know uh, uh, Tony Robbins mentor. Do you remember that guy's name? I'm trying to remember his name. He... Uh, 
he always preaches about uh, how excited he was to tell people about his side hustle because he would be like, well, this uh, side hustle that I've got, you know, this part-time thing, it's making me like, you know, $4,000 a month. And then he would get people more excited about his side hustle. So he went, when he went full-time into multi-level marketing, it wasn't as, it wasn't as uh, good of a story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you started off with, did you, what did it look like from you to go to full-time to starting something on the side? And what was the first company that you got involved with? Yeah. So the first company, what well, it's new skin. And so my business toothpaste strong, the reason it's named that is because that's how I got started with toothpaste. So being in dental, that was, that was my passion. And, uh, I actually had a friend, uh, posted on Facebook cause we do it all through social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram and stories. And, uh, I had a friend that posted about it. Didn't really think twice because we all have access to whitening. So I scrolled past it. I had a couple of friends reach out and say, Hey, do you still talk to so-and-so? Could you give me a tube of this? And multiple people kept asking me for it. Then it was uh, the doctor that I worked for, the hygienist that I worked for. They were asking for it. And I thought, well, gosh, if everybody wants this, maybe I should get a tube. And so I always laugh that one tube of toothpaste that I really didn't even want to purchase uh, actually changed my entire life. And uh, so that was new skin. Now you see that I will advertise lots of products, tons of skincare products. Uh, but that one tube of toothpaste is really what brought me in. I built my business the first two years on that one product before we introduced uh, the other products. Um, but same what you're just saying with the side hustle, it was really funny because I had never heard of network marketing. I did not know what it was. People would reach out to me and say, hey, are you in a, a multi-level marketing? Like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I'm posting on Facebook. I'm making money and it is fun. You should post too. So really not knowing what to do. I was having all these people sign up because I was having so much fun with it. And so as people were picking up that tube of toothpaste from me, I would say, oh my gosh, it's so fun. You put this post up on Facebook. It's absolutely free. You make money right away. Put it up. Oh my gosh, you're going to have so much fun. And so that's where I go back to my belief in uh, success really has to do with your energy. I had no clue what I was doing. I just know that I was really excited. I was having fun and people could feel my energy. People would look at me and say, well, I don't know what she's doing, but she's awfully happy and she's making money and she said it's free. So I'll give it a try. And so uh, from there, what happened is I just thought I had this great thing. I would go to work and I'd make money at work and I had my phone in my drawer and all day long, Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, everything was bing, 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 bing. I was making money while I was working on patients. And so that's what I just thought it was going to be. And I quickly realized the opportunity to go part-time. And so um, first it started with earning, earning a success trip. So when I earned my trip to South Africa, it started to make me think, well, this is a little bit bigger. I wonder if I could possibly do this part-time and be home with my family more. Uh, then I transitioned to part-time. And when I transitioned to part-time, I realized that I was bringing in more than I was in dental hygiene. So I decided to go all in full-time into uh, my, my business. And then about two years later, my husband went all in with me as well. So now we both do this business and we have teams all over the world. We get to travel and visit and help mentor and inspire. So it's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, but it was all about just following the passion and the excitement for me. I never really had to doubt, uh, because I did love dental hygiene, but when I was at work, I remember always thinking about what was going on in the drawer, always thinking about who, what customers were reaching out, who, what they were thinking. And so when I realized that 
I was wanting to do this more than my other career, that's what I knew I needed to make that transition. Uh, can you think back? What are some of the life lessons that you learned from being a student and being in college? And then what are some of the life lessons that you learned from New Skin? Um, I would say life lessons of college would be um, just showing up being committed, being committed to go to those classes, uh, going to a really tiny school. Um, I felt I went from a tiny school to Bloomington, which was a large school. So it was very overwhelming with the amount of people, um, but learning to meet new people. A lot of those people I still talk to. So that was like a huge lesson of just being open and comfortable to meeting new people. And then as far as the business, um, probably the biggest lesson is just being open to an opportunity because so often people are so worried about judgment and I see it day, every single day. Well, oh, I don't know what they're gonna think about me. Or uh, I remember when I started my business, lots of people looked at me and thought, what is she doing? They thought I lost my mind. Um, even to this day, I think my parents are still like, wait a second, you and your husband's no longer work, you do this business? So not everybody's gonna understand, but if it feels good to you and it makes sense to you, just truly going after that passion. So did you, uh, whenever you first started, did you automatically feel that? I know you talked a lot about how your parents, you know, built up a lot of self-confidence in yourself. Um, but did you ever, um, did you ever, sorry, there's somebody knocking when I asked that. Um, but did you ever like, have to develop yourself or like go through a bit of like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do this or like, you know, you were scared of judgment and you had to do something to actually get past that. Or were you just automatically like, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. So a little bit of both. Uh, in the beginning, it was like, heck yeah, this is amazing. I'm just going to run as fast as I can. And I was, there was no fear. I shared it with everybody. And I, and I would just tell them, I'm like, you have to do it. It's so incredible. And so that no fear really is what helped me in the beginning. Um, as things started to set in, judgment started to come in. So some of my relationships, some of my closest friends, um, it was that feeling of you're starting to have success. And when you're not in the room, you feel like maybe people are talking about you. Uh, at one point, because we build all through social media, I would learn, I, would, I only had 200 friends on Facebook. So I knew I had to grow that audience to grow my business. So I would get in group pages and I would grow my audience that way. And so for me specifically being in dental hygiene, I would get in dental hygiene pages. So there was a lot of hate going on in some of those pages. I think at one point somebody had a page for me um, because I would share the business with everybody. So there were times that it got hard, but I would say it really has developed who I am because I'm not scared to share what I truly love. And I always try to teach my team too. It's not everyone's going to, not everyone's going to say yes. Not everybody's going to love everything that you love, but the right people when they're at 12 o'clock will come in and they're ready. And the key is, is if we're happy for other people's success, it, it all works. Um, but, but this business does, it makes you have a thick skin because you know, there there's, that's the type of world we live in. I feel like there's a lot of judgment. And so that's one of my true passions is to make sure that people feel they, they feel good. They feel that light. They feel that excitement. It feels good to be around really good people. Yeah. So you said that uh, um, it made you develop yourself. What are some ways that like it made you develop? Because, you know, I feel like network marketing is very similar to sales. And like you said, you have to have thick skin. There's going to be people that are judging you like that happens automatically, especially if you start to do well at it. I feel like you get even more judgment because they see you scaling at such a rapid pace. So 
for like the audience or for people who are like trying to figure out because like a lot of people have fear of judgment. Like that's a very common thing. What are some ways that you did develop yourself or was there anything specific that you're like, okay, I had a moment, I read this book, I did this thing. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said these things, you know, what did you do to actually like help get over that? So I am a podcast crazy person. I'm personal development books. Um, at one point in my journey, I decided, you know what? I, I have to become a leader. I have to develop my leadership. And so I'm taking myself on and I'm going to do one leadership book a week. And so I would, you know, get on Audible and have books and constantly just feeding my brain with that. Um, I have some favorite podcasts that I'll listen to to get me hyped up but really just focusing on, on leveling up and how I can learn to personally be better with that. And um, also sharing my story. Communication is big. I feel like communication is always the answer. So often people think, but they don't say it. And, um, and so verbalizing that's been huge. And then sharing our personal struggles is huge for people because when I share that, oh, I went through that too, my team can relate to that. So even when I've had times in my journey where maybe I felt down or maybe the person I thought was going to go to the top in my business, quit the business, um, it's important to share that with people so they know that success is not a straight road. It's a lot of curvy and you're learning to become who you are along the way. Yeah, I love that. I'll say it's funny because I feel like everybody always thinks that it just happens by coincidence or you got lucky. And it's interesting that whenever you see people who start to do well, usually they do different things exactly like that. They read a lot of books, they're developing themselves, like they're actively doing it all the time. And then uh, they also get in touch with their vulnerabilities and like able to uh, connect with other people around them. So yeah, I think you knocked out a lot of things that like successful people do. Um, so that's awesome. So uh, a couple of rapid fires. How many employees do you have? Oh my goodness. Okay, so they're not my employees. They're on my team. They're all their own brand affiliates. But I would say my team, definitely, I have over 10,000 people on my team worldwide. Um, so that would be anybody that signed up underneath of me and all of their people. But there's, there's over 10,000. Okay. So you don't have like an assistant or a secretary or anybody who helps you directly besides your husband? Uh, just my husband, <laughs> which okay, a lot of times cool. anybody who has kids knows, no, they'll know kids take a lot of your time back and forth to school and sports. So he, a lot of times he's helping with that, but he helps you with packaging, back office numbers and all of that fun stuff. How many hours do you usually work in a week? Well, I think when you own your own business, you work a lot of hours. Um, so I do work a lot, but I, so typically in the mornings I get up and I do my miracle morning. Uh, so I feed, feed myself first. It's all about filling my cup so that I can pour from it all day long. Um, I get my exercise in in the morning, but while I'm doing exercise, it's like four or five podcasts, books going constantly. Uh, one thing I do in the morning is my grateful journal. So I really spend time filling up my cup first and then. And I typically start my work day around noon and it probably goes till about 4 35 o'clock and I take a small break to do kids sports and dinner and things like that and I'm usually back in it you know from seven to nine the great thing though is I can choose my schedule so there's days that I completely take off and there's days that uh, like I'm getting ready to come on to a big travel season so um, I take my phone with me and I work it in pockets of time are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place We've been there before and we've tried several different CRMs and Ari Simply has been the best. 
Ari Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records your incoming phone calls. The system is simple to use and has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try Ari Simply today. We put the link in the description. Check it out now. Awesome. And then how much for folks who want to get into this sort of thing or want to see what's possible, know that some people are kind of protective of their numbers, but if you feel comfortable, how much do you make uh, residually? And then how much is like bonuses? Yeah, so I can, um, I can share that. But I, when I say that, just I want to protect from my company too, because I want to make sure people know that it's not it doesn't happen for everybody. It takes a lot of work. I work really, really hard to do it and I have developed. Um, so I think instead of just uh, giving you specifically what I make, I would feel better about doing averages just to um, protect anything with like FTC laws or anything like that. So um, the, in our company, there's different ranks. The highest rank is Blue Diamond. And then the next one is the top 1%, which is Team Elite. So they're going to make even more. Um, but the average Blue Diamond makes over 36 Six thousand a month, and um, and it keeps going up. And there's lots, including myself, and lots on my team that make you know more than that per month. Um, but with that, it it does it takes it takes hard work. So not everybody's going to get to the top one percent. But when you build a team, and what I love about what we have is we have a system, and we have a simple system that works. And when you follow the system, we can create leaders. So now my mission is that I've made it to the top. I want to see how many of my leaders I can also get there. So we had one that hit the top this year. Um, we should have two to three more that will as well this year. Yeah. Courtney's Courtney's going to get it. Yes. Courtney definitely is. She's incredible. I hope that answers your question. I just wanted to do it in, in a correct way. Yeah, it was a lot. That's the answer. Okay. <laughs> I think I, I always find it interesting, though. What was the uh, law or the thing that you referenced? FCC regulation. Oh, FTC. Yes. Um, there's a Federal Trade Commission that protects um, uh, network marketing. So basically what they want to do is make sure that everyone doesn't feel like, oh, I'm going to join this company and I'm going to make this much money. Cause that's not, you know, it, it does take work and, um, stretches your comfort zone. And I think they want, you know, they want people to know that it, it takes hard work. Yeah. I always find it interesting that you have to like, let people know that it's like, Hey, uh, you know, not, you're not, everybody makes this. It's like, that should be obvious, especially if it's like, <laughs> It's like the top 1%. Like if you are like the one of like the hardest workers, same thing with sales, you know, like I, I always think of network marketing is like, you know, it's, it's a sales in a way. Um, but like in sales, like the top guy makes like probably like most of the money, he probably makes like 70% of the money. And then the rest of 30% is for the rest of the people. And so I feel like that's the way with everything in life. So it's just interesting that it always seems like there's regulations and stuff around it that you have to um, specify it. It's always funny. Yeah. And there, there are certain corporations that are basically like, Hey, uh, you are not allowed to discuss your salary. Like they make you sign documents say, stating that you're not going to talk about it, which is funny uh, when you think of people's programs around money and how we were brought up not to talk about money. And they're just, you know, continuing or like passing down that same, like, let's be hush hush about this. Let's not talk about it. Let's not let anybody know. So Dakota and I are usually pretty open about our numbers just so that people get a better idea of like what to, what we've been able to accomplish and 
it helps inspire other people. And sometimes it uh, generates some hate or sometimes it, it starts a conversation, but either way, we're getting people to think. It is definitely inspiring. I'll never forget sitting on the beach in South Africa and talking to um, one of my, which sounds funny on the beach. It was a man-made beach, but we were at a resort and I was sitting there in one of my uplines and her husband was there. And at the time we were just getting started in the business and I'll never forget him talking. And that was a turning point for me in the business because he personally had shared what they were doing. And it was like, what? And my husband was like, is this really true? Is this possible? How can this happen? Um, so yeah, so it is inspiring to hear those stories. A lot of times they're, you know, more private conversations, but as far as those numbers that I gave you, we are a publicly traded company. So we do have to release those numbers. And because that's out there for everyone, um, that's why we can talk about them as long as we put that caveat in there about it. Not everybody can get to the top 1%. That's awesome. So uh, Dakota and I have both heard a handful of multi-level marketing pitches uh, from friends and family to folks, cold outreach, that sort of thing. And uh, I can't say that they're getting less annoying. So when it comes to reinventing your marketing, when it comes to being original and genuine, when it comes to uh, creating ways of, you know, building rapport with people so that you can draw them in so that you actually have influence with them. Uh, what's some advice that you would give to people to uh, continually grow and reinvent their marketing? What kind of marketing do you do? Like I saw your Facebook group. Um, I didn't hit join because I wasn't sure if you're gonna let me in or not. But <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you uh approach marketing? What are some best practices for people who want to have influence, build rapport and do better? So my take on this uh, might be different than some, but I always feel like you cannot say the wrong thing to the right person. So if somebody's already thinking they're going to do it no matter what, and that's what you're looking for is those people that we call are at 12 o'clock who have that why. And so I reach out to people every day, um, but I don't throw my business on them. I just say, oh my gosh, you would be so great at what I do. If you ever want to know more, let me know. And they can watch me. And so my goal is just to live my life out loud. Um, if they're following me on Facebook, if they are following me on Instagram, they see me traveling, they see my teams, they see I love on my team. And I truly think that you're going to attract the people that, that are really they like what you do or they're just like you. And so I tend to, I know my gift is energy. I could get excited and people love that energy. So, um, I try to do lives often just so people can see that. And sometimes it's not for them, but I have lots of people that have watched me for 18 months. Plus, um, actually a girl I'm getting ready to go visit in Northern Ireland. Uh, she's on my team. She watched me for 18 months before she said yes. And so again, watching my lifestyle and watching myself, you know, we, we uh, put a pool in and we put this backyard uh, fun, fun uh, area so that our family could hang out. And she was also a hygienist and she was like, that's it. Like you keep doing all this fun stuff and you're traveling all over. Like, 
I'm not going to be sitting on the sideline anymore. I want to be part of this. And so that's my biggest tip is live your life out loud. Uh, don't care about judgment. Don't worry about it. You do have to share with people. Otherwise they don't know. Uh, but I always just throw it out there. And if they want to know more, they can either ask me or watch me. Um, I do routinely do, we call them like recruiting posts. I think I did one the other night. I put those out there, but even my product posts, a lot of times those are just reminders that I do this. And, uh, I really think when somebody has a trigger, when a bill comes in the mail or they get hit with something or, or maybe they're just, they lost passion in their job and they're looking for something. When they have that trigger, my goal is that they know me, they know my positive light and I pop in their head so that they'll reach out to me and say they're ready. That consistency is awesome too. As you said, you, that she waited 18 months before reaching out. And that's something that kind of, uh, you know, leads to an incredible amount of success is when you actually stick to something. Dakota noticed me going from job to job like every three months. So I never got a chance to uh, actually make money at like a regular W-2 or 1099 type of employment. And, uh, you know, I Dakota used to keep a, a little piece of paper above uh, when he did car sales, like on his wall that said, uh, the, like it basically gave you all of the percentages of the number of times that you have to follow up with someone before it leads to a sale. What was the average, like seven times? It was like eight to 12 until you actually like 93% of sales. It was some crazy that people would never guess. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest tips I really try to focus in with my team too, because when you're sharing the business constantly, or it could be the product that you're sharing when you're doing it, you're not really going for a yes or a no, you're going to plant the seed. So when the timing's right, they'll say yes. So you share it five, six, seven times, eventually they will. Um, and it's not a full on share. It might just be dropping that seed a few times for them to see. And again, your name will pop in their head when they're ready. Yeah. Whenever somebody is interested, um, how do you help them with uh, like, let's say disbelief. So they're like, man, I really want to join, but I'm not sure if I can do this. You know, I have kids, I have a family, I have this, I don't know how much I can do. Like, do you really try to help them with that disbelief? Or are you just like encouraging them like, all right, just do it. And then we'll figure out the rest later. Like, what's your tactful way that you can help them to develop their, uh, I guess, confidence? Yeah. So the biggest thing is I always share my own personal stories, but then also I let them know it's what they want. So just because I had huge success in this business, not everybody comes into network marketing to go to the top. Not everybody comes in wanting to earn travel or earn big money. Um, and I hear that a lot because I do things like go live. And in my stories, they're like, Hey, you're great at that, but I could never do that. I don't see myself doing that. I'm like, that's okay. You don't have to be me. My goal is to teach you how to make money for free week one by selling this bundle. Um, and so I just, I basically spoon feed them. Hey, here's your post. This is what you do. Go ahead and sell this bundle. You collect the money right away. Uh, as far as when they have that disbelief, I just remind them like, you know what? I was a really private person before this business. I only had 200 friends on Facebook. I was the person who would go through and like, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. And I would just delete. And then I realized I got this business. I actually want more friends on Facebook. So I had to learn how to grow it. Uh, same with stories. I didn't know how to do stories or Facebook or reels. Like I had to learn. And so I just let them know it's, it's truly whatever you want to create. You could sell the product and make money. Or if you want to go bigger, I can teach you how to do that. And coming in day one, you don't always know what you want. Sometimes it's, 
it's developing that story. So for me, when I initially came in, I wanted that extra money to help pay for my son's baseball travel dues. That's all I was thinking about. And I plan to do a couple of posts and be done. And once that came in and I was like, well, this is kind of fun. I wonder if I could do this much. And then I did that much. And then from there, it just was, I wonder if I could go part-time. So it kind of changes along the way, but I just make sure they know that I'm there for support and it's not about what I want for them. It's truly what they want. And if they communicate it, I'll share with them how to do that or how to get to that level. Awesome. When are, when are you going to uh, the second seminar? So you went to the PSI basic. When are you going to the second seminar? Uh, as of right now, I'm signed up for January. So I know I want to go sooner, but I am uh, heading out to... Where are we going? I'm heading to Utah next week. Then we're off to Jamaica. Then we're off to London and Northern Ireland and then Vegas. So um, I think January was the first I could fit it in. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Well, I was just going to say that there's a, an invaluable lesson in the second seminar. Uh, and it's basically just what you just talked about. It's, it's about uh, how you impact other people by continually showing up and sharing um, so if you're already, you know, doing, I think it was three posts today already when I saw in your Facebook group, but, uh, it's going to magnify your expression and the way that you show up for other people. So I'm really excited for you to, uh, get that lesson from the second seminar. Yeah. I'm really excited to do the course. Yeah, one thing that I was saying about was like, uh, um, MLMs and like network marketing is like, you know, you talk about employee and then your downline, which like, you know, it's, it almost feels like the same thing, even though it's not. Um, so you also talked about having the people around you and how much positivity is important. And so like, whenever we have employees, like that's one thing that I always like let them know is like, Hey, just so you guys know, the most important thing for me is your positivity. Like if you're real negative and you're upset, like, I don't want to be around you. I really don't want you here. Like, I don't even want you on the team, honestly. And like, that might be harsh, but you know, it just is what it is. Cause like, that's really important for us and our success. Um, how do you deal with somebody like, let's say in your downline, if they are really negative, do you like, are you allowed to kick them out or be like, Hey, like, you know, really don't want you. Or like, do you just try to like help them? Or what do you do in situations like that? Um, you, my team would laugh at this because usually I'm like, well, what are you reading? <laughs> because you can usually tell if somebody's not reading or doing a podcast or like really focusing on themselves. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to distance myself if they're super negative. Uh, for us, this business only works off of your vibe. So like people can feel that you can mm -hmm. see somebody and they don't even have to say a word. You can feel a vibe across the room. And so I just remind people like, Hey, if, if you have not filled your cup, if you are not feeling good, even your daily actions, a lot of times it doesn't make sense to jump in and share the business or ask for what we call shout outs if you're not in a good vibe. So I tend to tell people, put on some good music. Uh, we do a lot of, it's called definite main purpose statement. So I'll say, hey, shout your definite main purpose statement, put some music on, uh, do some jumping jacks, whatever you gotta do to feel good before you go out there and share the business or before you do shout outs. And if I get, we'll get it in our time, at times in our business where they'll say, oh, I'm not getting any sales or I'm not getting this. And I always tell them, look within. What are you doing? Like, are you following up? Do you have a relationship with the people? Um, how are you feeling? What kind of vibes are you putting out there? And for me, typically it's a book that I can, you know, send like, okay, how about, you know, check out Secrets of a Millionaire Mind or check out Amel Robbins' High Five Habit. Like I usually will throw out a book towards them. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I was actually just talking to that with our sales guy because he was getting down and then we listened to his phone calls and stuff. I was like, bro, you just like, you were, you seemed upset like the entire month and it just continued to get worse and worse because he like uh, wasn't getting any sales. So then he felt like he had to like get more upset and it was like, it was like a downhill uh, uh, thing. And it, it's funny because whenever I first got into sales, we, we drummed on the desk and like, we got really excited and like, we did things like what you're talking about. We just change our energy, change our state. And all the other salespeople thought it was really stupid. And like, you know, all the managers and stuff thought it was crazy, but it really does work to put you in a better mood, which is like uh, very, very important, especially whenever you're going to be talking to people. Um, this is actually a personal question now, because you just got me thinking about it. Something that I struggled with whenever I first got into sales was, uh, I guess, feeling almost inauthentic in a way, because if I had a bad morning or I had a bad day, I could not put that on. I couldn't let the client see it. I just switched. And then I put on this, like almost, I felt like almost like an actor in the beginning. I couldn't find the difference between how I'm actually feeling and what I need to show um, in order to like make this stuff happen. How do you deal with, or do you ever deal with anything like that? I don't want to put that on you, but do you ever struggle with all right, I'm just going to put on this like act and you feel like you can't be authentic or do you feel like it's always, you know, you found a way to actually switch your energy? There's times if you start to get run down or get busy where you don't feel like that. So I just remind myself, I mean, my whole life I have dealt with, um, I've always been the person in the room that's the loudest and excited and having fun. And I was always the outcast. So my whole life, I've always felt like the person that's not normal. And when I came into this business, I was normal. Everybody around me was excited and happy for life. And so um, everybody, my whole life would just be like, oh, Miss Positive Pants. And so for the most part, I'm usually always pretty happy, but there are times anything in life that can get you down. And so I really just kind of turn in and it's really hard to have a bad day if you're doing a grateful journal. So that's why I start my day with a grateful journal, just to remind myself of all of the blessings that God has blessed me with. And really just, um, I'll turn to grateful journals, exercise, um, you know, some really good podcasts or books, but I will dive into me. So if I have to turn it off a day to fill my cup the day, I'll do that. Or um, I think it was like two weeks ago, we were really busy and it was a Wednesday and I was like, looked at my husband. I'm like, let's go get massages today. Like, let's just fill our cup, like have a good lunch, get massages and be able to do that because we can do that. Um, so really just checking out to make sure how can I get and being self-aware of when we feel it. Um, I don't let it go long. I, as soon as I start to notice it, it's like I turn to fill my cup so that I can do that because in my line of business, and it sounds like yours too, you're always pouring to help people. And if you want to be that person to really inspire them, you have to have your cup filled first. Yeah. Is yours the five minute journal or what's your grateful journal called? Um, it's just called a grateful journal. Uh, it was actually one that I ordered from a website, but it was a, um, 90 cycle, but it just says grateful and it just has the date and you just list all the things you're grateful for. Uh, okay. I had another one that it was like, you would write it over and over again. So I just always make sure I have some sort of, and I'll switch them up. That's awesome. Yeah. I would say we actually, uh, try to do this as a company every single day. Um, and it's probably very similar, but you just write down three things you're grateful for, three things that would make today great, daily affirmations. And at the end of the day, you'd put, you know, three highlights of the day and what you learned for that day. I love it. That's awesome. So yeah, I wasn't sure if it was the same or like they're all the same and they just call them something different. <laughs> yeah, I write a lot of the similar things. 
That's awesome. What does yours uh, ask you to write down every day just so people can get an idea? Um, my actually, the one that I'm currently using just says at the top, I am grateful. And then it's all open and I just free write. Uh, and then there's times where I'll go through the grateful part. And the next thing after I do, um, I actually, um, I have it stacked. So I don't know if you've ever read Atomic Habits, but that's one of my favorite books. So in the morning, when I get up and get my coffee, I know I do my grateful journal. Then I write down my, you know, top four or five goals. Um, and then from there, if I want to do like just some free, free journaling, uh, or meditation, that's when I'll do that. And for me, that's the slowdown because I'm such a busy go, go, go. I have to make myself do that with my morning coffee so that I do it in the morning, because that was the big shift in my business for me. How long have you been doing that for? My grateful journal? Yeah. Um, it's probably been three years now. Wow. And how much of a difference have you noticed in like uh, the way that you view your life? The biggest thing, and it is the biggest takeaway, and I tell my team this over and over, you can, you can create anything you want in life, whatever you put out there. And I truly believe that with my whole heart, because one thing that I do, not only the Grateful Journal, I'll write down my top five goals. And it usually has to do with like hitting a level. It might be a, a payout goal. It might be um, whatever, a trip, uh, anything. And it happens. And I can tell you the monetary amount that I would put in there and I would write down every day. I Then all of a sudden I would hit it. And then it was like, okay, I would double it. And then I would hit it again. And so that didn't seem like it would even be possible. So that's one thing I think what your beliefs are and what you put out to the universe truly happens because you believe it. So I would say um, that's the biggest thing, really writing down your goals daily because your what you write down, what you think about is truly what becomes. I love it. That's yeah, that's a uh, good advice. I got one last question on this. It's going to like kind of go and it could go negative in a way. But let's say that you're writing down those goals and you're doing everything that you feel that you're supposed to because I know that a lot of other people who have experienced this and like you set this intention that like, you know, you're going to be a champ at something you're going to win. And then that doesn't happen. Have you ever had that happen? And if so, like, did that affect your self-esteem or who you are? Um, or like, how did you work through that like challenge? Yeah, it happens a lot. Cause a lot of the goals I put are really big. Um, I don't know. I'll see if I can turn this, but I have my dream board behind me here. So I fill that out. Wow. Um, so it's right by my Peloton. So when I'm on my Peloton, Peloton, I can see it. Um, so I just, I know it's not, it's up to God. It's God's timing. So I, it's the plans already there. It's written. I have to know that I have to trust on the timing, but I have to know what I'm working towards. So if I don't hit the goal, that's okay. I know that I gave my all to get there, or I'll try to recognize what could I have done better. Um, but I really think it's powerful. In fact, at one point I, I think it's still on my dream board. I wrote a checkout. I think I got this in a personal development book. I wrote a checkout to myself uh, for a million dollars and I put a date on it and uh, hung it up on my dream board. And I, that year I had earned that million dollars and I opened up that check and I was like, this is powerful. What you put out there is truly what you create. That's awesome. I love that. I love that you said that I've actually gave a lot of people this advice because they ask me that a lot. They're like, well, what if I don't hit it? I'm like, okay, so whenever that happens, whenever you don't get a sale, whenever you don't hit your numbers, whenever you don't hit your goal, what I think about is, did I do everything that I possibly could have to make that happen? And if not, what can I learn from it? What can I change about it? What can I like uh, 
um, develop myself. And that way, either way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't like, it doesn't hurt me. If I did everything I could, cool. It is what it is. If there's something I could have done differently, awesome. I'm going to change that now and it's not going to happen again. So either way I look at it, it can be a win. And I'm glad you said that because I think that's really good advice. Yeah, we're always learning. So even if we think it's the worst thing in the world, there's a lesson in it for sure. Yeah. So um, when you left uh, your job and went into New Skin, and then your husband left his job, how did your relationship change? Uh, was there some uh, rose-colored glasses that like now you're both home with each other all the time? Was it like sunshine and rainbows? And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that we did this. And uh, what's your relationship uh, like now? What's your relationship advice for folks out, out there who are listening to the podcast? Yeah, well, I love it because anybody who meets my husband, we are like the exact opposites. I'm super loud. He's quiet. Um, I'm like, a, I can't sit still. And for him, he's probably sitting out by the pool right now, just relaxing. Like he's totally great <laughs> at relaxing. I'll look at him and be like, how do you relax like that? Uh, so I think opposites attract and a lot of times uh, we, we just work well together. The transition was really good for us because what happened is the kids being in school, it's so hard to, you know, I think in business, if you can really have a good four hour period of time or whatever that time span is to like go all in and get your stuff done and be able to be present with your family. But for me, what was happening is I was just start getting into my day and I'd have to stop, go pick up the kids from school, come back, go drop them off at gymnastics, come back, do all of them, take my son to baseball. And so it allowed him to be able to leave a job that he wasn't happy in uh, and he wasn't feeling fulfilled and he wanted to be there for everything. And so looking forward, uh, we celebrated every day because I personally think teenage years for kids are really crucial for parents to be around. There's a lot of influences. Um, there's a lot of different directions that it can go in their life and uh, we get to be there for everything. So I love that we get to um, be there and, and show our kids like what we've created too. So our relationship is great. Uh, we tend to do a lot of in passing and I'll be like, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And he, he helps, uh, for him, he likes to spend his mornings at the gym and then come back. And then in the, in the afternoon, he's usually busier with, with the kids. But, uh, another thing speaking into existence is, um, years ago, and I have no idea why I thought this because I can't cook and I mean, he can do occasional TikTok recipes or something, but uh, I always wondered how could we work together? Like, wouldn't it be so awesome to work together? And didn't really know how that would work because he was in banking and I was in dental. And uh, I remember thinking at one point, like, well, can we own a restaurant? We can't really own a restaurant. I don't know. And then this just happened where we now work together. So I think that that was powerful. That's something I probably thought about in our 20s. And, um, and now it's true. It came true. That's awesome. And then uh, being being that you're probably working out of the same space, uh, how do you like set boundaries and work conflicts out with each other and that sort of thing? What does your relationship look like? And then what advice would you give to people? Yeah, so I'm in my office now. The doors are closed. Usually if the doors are closed, he knows that I'm either on the live because I do a ton of lives, a ton of Zooms. And um, he usually knows not to come in for that or if he needs something, he'll text. But uh, a lot in passing. And when the doors are open, my family's in and out. So 
I would just say my advice would be communication again. So even before I got on here today, I was like, hey, I'm getting ready to do this podcast. And he's like, all right, go nail it. Like he's like, you know, one of the most supportive people. So I think the open communication and the support is really, you know, what makes our business run. And then if you make really good money and you go on one or two trips a month, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, I know. Except when he doesn't go on all of them anymore. I know. So again, opposites. I absolutely love to travel and I love to go to Europe. And he's somebody who's like, eh, just take me to a beach and I'm good. Uh, so he tries to go to the beach vacations in Europe. He usually will send me on my own. Awesome. So uh, you have a boy and a girl, right? Yes. What were the differences in raising uh, each gender? growing up yeah well it's funny because they are also opposite personalities my son is very much wired like my husband and my daughter is very much wired like me um growing up the my son was hard early on and when he was a baby I felt like it was always a challenge and then teenage years he's like so easy I'm like boys are so easy and then girls she was the easiest baby and we hit the teenage years and so every day we're like, is she going to like us today? Um, so yeah, so I would just say the challenging and like the opposite there. Um, but my two kids are 18 months apart. So they're, you know, have a lot of the same friend, friend group too. So uh, oftentimes, I think, I think this is an Ed Milet quote, it's often the things that we're most uh, ashamed of are the ones that can help the most people. Uh, you did some mental... Um, some deep mental emotional awareness work at the PSI seminar here in Fort Wayne. What realizations or epiphanies did you have that you think would serve people? Um, one of mine was so working is kind of my outlet. Like I really I love it, and I almost think I almost think I'm addicted to working. So just like you know my dad had addiction, I think I take mine out on working, and so I realized that I could start a day and work nonstop and it doesn't bother me. And so something that I have to really be aware about is, is being present. So last night it was nice. I had no calls. I checked out and I was just really present with my family. So just being intentional. Um, and also sometimes we get in the mode of just doing and going. So sporting, sporting against, uh, sporting events, for example, uh, I'll go, but again, I work my business from my phone. So there's times I can be at those events and I just start scrolling my phone and I'm still working, even though I'm there and I'm not present paying attention. And so I think working on myself, that was the biggest takeaway is I don't want my kids to think that I'm just a body. I want them to know that I'm present and I want to make sure that we have that open relationship. And we kind of got to a point where, I'd wake up, do, you know, get all my grateful journal stuff done. That's usually before they're up and ready. And then I just dive into my phone before they left school. And so that was one, one habit that I uh, recreated since then was, okay, I'm not touching my phone until my kids go to school because I don't want them to see mom always on their phone. Uh, and then also at the dinner table and things like that, just putting it away so that I can be intentional with them. Awesome. Uh, before we get into some final questions, do you have anything? Okay. So uh, this one's deep. This one's a deep one or uh, Cortland's out there. I can't do the whistle thing. Dakota can do it. But <laughs> if uh, the, so we always imagine that you're going to live until you're 100 years old. So you're 100 years old now. 
and you're on your deathbed and you have a legacy message to the world. So it's a billboard or a sentence or a paragraph or a mantra. Um, it is a message that you feel that the world needs. So what is your message? So mine's a really simple one because I already say it constantly and it's on everything, but it's be the light. Uh, it's definitely be the light because I think so many people are afraid to shine. So many people are afraid to be who they truly are. And uh, just one smile can change anybody. Uh, you know, one thing, Cortland really got me in the class because, you know, I found that I was almost nervous and I kind of like shelled off and I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want anyone to know who I am. And I can almost be ashamed of my success because I have to explain it to people sometimes. And so one thing that he really brought back for me in that class was what am I doing? Like, I'm telling everybody be the light and I'm not even being the light. Like I'm not even going out there and saying like, Hey, how are you? And I realized it because on day two in the class, I would, I was working on my phone before he would start. And I never once looked over to the person next to me and said, hi, how are you? I'm Tori. And when he said that that night, it was like a crush to my heart just because that is, I believe that to my core that you've got to be that person. So uh, when I got back from basic, actually the next day, Eric was like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to the store. And he's like, what store? I said, I'm going to the furniture store. I went to the furniture store. I went to Home Goods, and I only went to the store so I could walk around and say hi to people and smile at them because I felt like I hadn't been doing my part of being like, hello, how are you? Or I became that person that was too busy for other people and I didn't slow down to talk to them. So I spent the entire morning, it was just an exercise I put on for myself just to get myself a little bit back into that mode and uncomfortable. So I think I spent like four hours just walking around stores saying hi to people or doing something nice for them or grabbing a cart or something like that. That's awesome. You should make a, you should make a shirt. I would, I would wear a shirt that says that be the light. I like that a lot. Does that, does that come from the Bible verse that talks about, you know, the, I actually pulled it up. Um, you know, you're the light of the world, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light on a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone inside the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Does it come from that at all? Or? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It should be yeah. Matthew. Yeah. Um, yes. So, and I do have a shirt that says be the light. And so oh, I try to awesome. put that on a lot of my posts. I try to, um, I just, I try to say that a lot because I think we can get lost. And a lot of people in this world are lost because they just keep doing, 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 and doing more, but not really enjoying. It's just the task they're doing. So reminding ourselves to be present, be the light. And I really, I needed basic for, I needed Cortland that night to say that to me. It was a wake up call for me for sure. That is awesome. So how can our listeners get a hold of you on socials and how can they join your team? That sort of thing. If somebody wants to reach out to you, how should they do it? Yeah. So pretty much I operate everything on Facebook or Instagram. I'm constantly in messenger. So Facebook, I'm Tori Armstrong, uh, on Instagram, I'm totally Tori Armstrong and either one of those, that's usually best. In fact, today for the podcast, I know you had something in email and I was like, I gotta find my email. I never go to my email. I'm constantly on Facebook and in Messenger. Awesome. Do you have any final thoughts for our viewers? Um, I would just say, go after your passion. Don't let fear hold you back because fear stops too many people. There are too many people that don't go after what they want because they're fearing failure. 
And if you don't go after it, you never know what you can create. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks for uh, being the light in our lives right now. And for everybody listening, we appreciate you. And uh, you should uh, send me the link to a shirt if they have like a guy's one, because I, I would like to get one of those. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yep. Thank you. See ya. Bye.